We get support from UC Davis, a globally ranked university working to solve the world's most pressing problems in food, energy, health, education, and the environment. UC Davis researchers collaborate and innovate in California and around the globe to find transformational solutions. It's all part of the university's mission to promote quality of life for all living things. Find out more at 21stcentury.ucdavis.edu. This is 99% Invisible. I'm Roman Mars. Goethe said that architecture is frozen music. That's lovely. Of course, that was before audio recording, so now, for the most part, music is frozen music. It's only very recently in the history of music that we've been able to freeze music into an object. And in my life, the form of this object mattered a lot. I once bought vinyl albums and cassette tapes, and there were two first songs per album, side A and side B. The energy of a first song made it stand apart from the other songs, at least in my head it did. Then the CD came along and eliminated side B, and there was only one first song, and the actual number of the track that you could see prominently displayed on the CD player UI. That became my index for sorting songs. Then MP3s jumbled my sense of track order, and albums began to feel more like a loose grouping of individual pieces rather than a conceptual whole. I could do this all day, and you're welcome to chime in. Let's just let's totally hash this out on the website. But my point is this. When it comes to music, the form of the thing matters. But no effect has been as world-changing as the original innovation, freezing music in time onto a recording, where a single version of a song, a single performance of a song, became the song. This inherently mutable method of communication was fundamentally changed. Songs are astonishing things, and I also don't think most people really even know what they are. That's the songwriter, composer, and producer John Bryant. Now, I didn't talk to John Bryant, but I know people who did. Jim Duragatis and Greg Cott are the hosts of a radio program I'm a huge fan of called Sound Opinions. It's a rock and roll talk show. And if certain niche snarky corners of the internet have darkened your concept of music journalism, well, Sound Opinions is your beacon of light, my friends. Anyway, John Bryan came to WBEZ in Chicago to talk to Sound Opinions in 2006. And at the time, Bryan had just co-produced Kanye West's album, Late Registration, and he was also already well-known as a film composer of a lot of really great movies, many by Paul Thomas Anderson. I heard the show broadcast on WBEZ while I was sitting in my car in a parking lot of a taqueria in Logan Square. And I've thought about this section of their interview about songs versus performances at least once a month since then, for six years. But only recently did it dawn on me that this is a perfect 99% invisible story. So here it is. John Bryan on Sound Opinions in 2006. I distinguish between what, for lack of better terms, I call songs and performance pieces. And what most people like are specific performances. We've grown up in an era of recording. And, you know, the very thing, one of the very things I love, recording has killed people's ability to hear songs purely as chord change, melody, and lyric. It's a very strange and beautiful art form because when it's right, boy, do you know it. But what we have sort of lost 
is, uh, I don't know, the best example I could probably give would be Led Zeppelin. Those things are the ultimate performance pieces, and I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I think they're just absolutely astonishing, and the sort of dynamics they had are sorely lacking in music today. Uh, the record-making is great, um, a true band in the sense that you really could tell who the individuals were. Mm-hmm. Uh, remarkable thing. And I don't consider most of those things songs and the way i can sort of prove my point is have you ever listened to anybody else play a led zeppelin song and gone oh that was a great satisfying experience except for dread zeppelin who i loved (laughs) um what people like is that specific guitar sound that specific performance Mm -hmm. in concert with that specific drum sound with that specific drummer playing that specific part um and it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing they're all different types of art and creative expression However, if I were to sit and go here over on the piano and go, this is the melody to a Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> you know, and I could play, you know, 30 yeah. others. That, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I know it could sound like a snobbishness. It's not. I'm telling you, I love these records. Sure. They're great. Uh, however, it is... There's a difference between that and a song, say a Gershwin song, you could actually play in the style of Led Zeppelin and have a completely satisfying experience. I do it mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to hear that. But when you start playing Zeppelin songs, say in the style of like 1920s music, it's suddenly it's laid bare that it's like, yeah. oh no, it was about those people and those people were in a room and it was... Mm-hmm. And it was great, and I, I love it, but I consider it a performance piece, and I consider a lot of rock that people listen to be performance pieces. They're not necessarily songs. So, you know, I heard you had Tom York here recently, and there's a guy who's a songwriter. Comes into the band and goes, here's the thing I've got, and then they, you know, rock with holy hardness and, and all the greatness they've got with mm-hmm. them getting in a room. I mean, you know, that's part of what makes a band like Radiohead stand out you know when that second record came out we all collectively went oh my god somebody who actually has songs and this guy's an amazing singer it isn't extinct yet yeah and, or cobain right right exactly and i mean okay here let's uh a little musicology course okay if you just go yeah it was cool it was you know punk rock it was popular he had it factor for days but uh if you take the average punk rock song, it is that same Led Zeppelin melody, even though they hated Zeppelin so much. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if it's like... It'd be, you know, one of a thousand punk songs. Sure. Uh, there's a big difference between that and... <laughs> I mean... I can sit here on grand piano, play an unaffected version, and we can all go, oh, my God, yeah, that's the best thing ever. Yeah. yeah. Again, my, my spine tingles any time I play that melody over those chord changes. Mm-hmm. That, to me, lithium is no different. It's in the same realm as being able to go, you know, uh, you know, where, you know, probably like most people, I remember exactly where I was First time I heard lithium. I remember mm-hmm. back of the friend's car, and it came on, and 
I just freaked out. I mean, I was nearly in tears. I'm like, oh my God, that guy's better than everybody's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. But, you know, it was so palpable. Like, that's one of the best chord changes I've ever heard. It's absolutely as good as, you know, Gershwin or Thelonious Monk or any great thing that's existed. It was John Bryan talking with Jim DeRogatis and Greg Cott on Sound Opinions in 2006. Sound Opinions is produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX, the public radio exchange. Find out more at soundopinions.org. Invisible was produced this week pretty much by Sound Opinions. Special thanks to Robin Lynn and Jason Saldana. We are a project of KALW 91.7 Local Public Radio in San Francisco and the American Institute of Architects in San Francisco. Support for 99% Invisible is provided in part by the Facebook design team who believes that design can bring positive change to the world. Visit them at facebook.com slash design and by Tiny Letter Email for people with something to say. My boy Carver always has something to say. What do you have to say, Carver? I think that my dad is the best. But you know, like, if I put that on, everyone's going to say, Oh, Roman, you just made your son say that he's the best, that you're the best. (laughs) What do you have to say about that? Um, can I tell you to... What's about how all this formed? It's the simplest way to write an email newsletter. Tinyletter.com. From the people behind MailChimp. You can find the show and like the show on Facebook. I tweet at Roman Mars. And I'm serious. Let's talk about how the objects of music change the way you both make and listen to music. I'm ready to throw down at 99percentinvisible.org. Thank you.